the very first episode of the podcast for women who hate working out but know they should. I'm Sarah, I'm a GP and I work in women's health. I'm Gab, I am a radio producer and journalist. And we are not women who ever thought we would be hosting a fitness podcast. (laughs) No, we are women like you who always struggled to exercise regularly. I've started a thousand exercise programs. We have wasted so much money on gym memberships that we absolutely didn't use. I've paid for subscriptions. <laughs> I've paid for boot camps. We've done boot camps. We've done fads. Remember that time when I did CrossFit? I know, oh, I know. Anyway, none of it stuck. None of it stuck until recently. We have gone from being lifelong exercise sloths to the sort of women that actually do work out regularly. Yes, and because of that, it's been such a huge journey for the two of us. We want to help you find a regular fitness routine that is sustainable and that you don't completely hate. On this podcast, we'll talk about what works and what does not work. We are going to debunk some terrible myths about exercise, and there is so much BS out there. And look, we're going to provide you with some really practical, science-based, evidence-based information and tools for getting fit. Or at least, in the very least, a little bit fitter than you are right now. And there's nothing wrong with that being the goal. (laughs) But first, before we get into episode one of Women Like You, we would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we meet today for us, that is the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We count ourselves very lucky to live, work and now exercise on beautiful Gadigal country and we'd like to pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. And we also encourage you to find out what lands you live on, what lands you get to exercise on um, and just take a moment to acknowledge the beauty of this country and how lucky we are to be here and to uh, get a sweat on. Let's do it. Let's do it. My nickname in primary school was was Band-Aids because I was so clumsy and because I was so pigeon-toed. So if I was out running or playing sports or anything like that on the school field, I would would always trip over. So So I would have a – I had a close personal relationship with our school nurse because – you know, the, the I'll show you my knees later. They're they're all they're all scarred bruises. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, so you're saying you would trip over? Would you trip over things, or you're you're physically tripping over yourself? I'm physically tripping over myself. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. So sport is is uh, not fun or enjoyable at all. In fact, it's you know thinking back to little Sarah, it's it's quite traumatic. It's quite stressful. It's you know it's kind oh. of it's it's getting your heart rate going, but for not uh, cardiovascular reasons. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No. Look, my earliest my earliest memories at school. Full stop was the whole Band-Aid situation oh. and uh, and the fact that, yeah, you were never going to actively put your hand up to be chosen for something like that because you knew that, you were, A, you are going to let the team down because you're a bit of a hopeless athlete to begin with. And, and I think I just learnt to take myself out of those situations. So you never wanted to be the kid that, that put their hand up because you were going to stuff it up for the rest of the kids. So oh, you were not. Well, maybe you were, but even so, oh, no, I, I definitely, I definitely <laughs> was. This is definitely not a woe is me or a poor me <laughs> moment. This is just that I was terribly unco. I would trip over myself, let alone tripping. You know, other kids they might trip over their shoelaces. Don't worry, I could have slip-ons. I could still trip over. <laughs> no shoes, trip over. No shoes, trip over. Shoes, trip over. I had to wear like some kind of wired device on my feet growing up that I had to wear to bed inside of this cage. They were like calipers or something. I don't know. I actually Googled it recently to try and work out what the hell that was or even if that was scientific in any way. Was but it? I think so. Yeah, well, I mean, it didn't work. 
It didn't work. Do we use it anymore, doctor? Is it t- the type of treatment we would? Oh, no, no, no. No, this is not something that we would use these days. But I think that it was, you know, it was an effort to try. Like this was a significant enough problem for me as a as a little e mm. that, you know, it required orthopaedic surgeons to, to check in mm. and it required me to wear calipers to bed. And I can only think of, you know, my, my vague memory of this is like that scene from Forrest Gump. I'm just thinking Forrest Gump. Is it a Forrest Gump scenario? <laughs> oh, it was scenario? a kind of a Forrest Gump scenario that I'd have to wear to bed and there was a cage that was built in the end of my bed to stop these caliper things from, you know, grabbing the bed sheets or tearing a hole in your doona. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, good look. Um, <laughs> and also, yeah, really conducive to comfort and being relaxed and thinking confident thoughts about yourself physically. Yeah. No, exactly. So <laughs> I was the dopey clumsy kid, but it meant that I think that really pushed me down a bookish lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And as such, I just totally avoided the whole sporty stuff. Yeah. I mean, you turned out to be a doctor, so things went, things were. <laughs> Things went okay for you. <laughs> Things went okay. The books, <laughs> the books they paid off. Um, but it's interesting to think now about, you know, the choices that you might have made in your life and certainly your own personal fitness journey, um, how those early experiences of, you know, being Band-Aids and, and, and having, you know, pigeon toes and, and all of these things, you know, the impact that they've had on your life. Yeah, I think it just, it, it coloured the way that I thought about myself yes. and it coloured the choices and the decisions and the things that were actually fun for me. Because it turns out ballet isn't very fun when you're unco. Sports aren't very fun when you keep tripping over. Yep. And, you know, there's only so many Band-Aids that you can, that you can hack at the age of five. <laughs> Just. To this day, I know that that little kid is still kind of a part of who I am at, at the age of 43. And look... Yeah, she is. And and, and that's fine. And there's yeah, there's definitely she was pretty cool. that's yeah, that's not a bad thing necessarily. And as we've said, you know, it's not like you're moving away from sport and kind of pushing yourself academically turned out badly. For you it actually turned out amazingly. Um but if you do want to incorporate exercise into your life, you know, at the age of 43 with confidence um, and, you know, something that's sustainable, it, it's sort of about accepting maybe some of those experiences yeah. that you've had, n- recognising maybe the impact they've had on you and then kind of putting it to the side because it no longer serves you. I don't want to sound like <laughs> if this no longer serves you. I just, you know, there is something it's to be said California for. California you. <laughs> I'll go drink my, uh, my collagen smoothie now. But, you know, like there is something to be said for just recognising um, some of those things that you might be carrying with you and the impact that they've had on the way you feel about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Tell me about you. No! <laughs> I've told you to address your issues. Don't make me address No, well, I think the reality is that all women carry something with them from either their childhood years or their kind of teenage years, teenage angst, stuff that got said to them at school, stuff that they felt that they weren't qualified to participate in. I think, I just think every woman has something like that. And and certainly for me, body image is a massive part of my inability to stick with an exercise regime. Because for me, for so long, it was attached exercise and weight loss were completely entwined. So I was uh, sporty at school, um, you know, not amazingly so, but I played netball, I played soccer, I played cricket. I was, I'm a very strong swimmer. Um, that was kind of my thing. But Sounds pretty sporty. <laughs> <laughs> I was sporty, but, you know, it, it, outside of that school environment where, you know, you might have a training session and then an, a game once a week... If I was to then take charge of my own 
kind of fitness regime, I, I wouldn't do anything consistently. And, and yeah. you know, I have absolutely started and stopped a thousand different regimes. You know, I would, I would go, okay, cool. I'm, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to start to run. I'm going to be a runner. And, I, and for like three weeks, I would run every day and it'd be amazing. I'd run too hard, too fast. And and I also then wouldn't see the weight loss results that I wanted because that's what I thought I had to be in order to be worthy and beautiful and successful in life. And I wouldn't see those results. So naturally, I would just give up. Um, mm-hmm. And that's been a pattern throughout my entire life. And if I think back to, you know, similar to you, Sarah, in, in to, to some of the things that have happened in my life uh, that may have shaped how I viewed myself and, and why I felt this way, um, there, I can. there's so many. There's so many different things. You know, having three brothers and, and you know, there's always comments um, about, your, about your weight as a girl. Um, you know, even if they're meant with love and joke, you know, they're said jokingly, they, you know, they cut and they make you... <laughs> think that you're a piece of shit or that stuff sticks (laughs) it sticks um you know and then uh but but I have this this one memory of um of being at school and I was in the school musical in year 11 and uh I was being fitted for a costume and uh one of the teachers who in her spare time was sewing costumes for an entire cast um but she was measuring me for my costume and I was standing up on a bench in the in the PE change rooms and you know side on to the to the mirror and she was just doing all the measurements and she got to my ass and she said oh you have a drop bum and I was like what what, what do you what do you right. mean what uh, what is oh, I went to medical school I've, <laughs> Sarah, I've, done, I've done my share of anatomy <laughs> Dr Kavanaugh um, what is a drop bum I have no idea because I don't think it exists I don't think so either I googled it you can the only thing that uh, drop bum comes close to is uh, those implants that you can buy from Amazon if you want to give yourself more All of a right. booty <laughs> you can uh, like drop bears <laughs> I've just got two koalas stuck in the back <laughs> so, of my so, pants. Yeah, that's it. No, but effectively what she was saying was, you know, I I, I, I am a um, curvy f- figure. Um, I, I'm very well endowed in the uh, butt region. Um, I definitely wasn't in high school, but, you know, like. Yeah, I was going to say, I can't even imagine. <laughs> so I'm presuming at like 15 or 16 years of age yes, at this yeah. point. Well, I yeah. was absolutely tiny. I thought I was a house. Perfect. Yeah. You um, were perfect. And this, and this teacher, you know, put the, the measuring tape around my bum and said, you've got a drop bum, basically. It goes out and then it drops. And she needed to make me a mini skirt. And that was going to be an annoying sewing task for her. And she uh, placed her hands on my ass and then basically said, you've got a drop bum, Gabby, you need to do some more running. And I remember, and if you're a Bridgetine girl from <laughs> Brisbane, you'll know exactly who I'm talking about when I do that impression, Gabby. <laughs> um, but, you know, like th- moments like that, those those unsolicited comments about your body, as much as, uh, you know, this teacher was amazing and lovely and I actually, you know, really respected her and had a great time, you know, under her care, uh, those moments, they really stick. And so for a long time, I absolutely thought I was massive and hideous. Um, and I also thought that exercise, um, the, the, the only purpose of exercise was to lose weight. And if I never saw the results fast enough, I would give up super easily. And no, that's why nothing in my life ever stuck. It's crazy how literally someone could have given you 9,000 compliments about your body, which is still a weird thing to do to a 16-year-old. But if you'd have received 1,000 compliments, that still, that one drop bum comment is the thing that has now. stuck yeah. with you <laughs> to the ripe old age of, what are you, 35? 35. And we're yeah. talking about it on our brand new fitness podcast. <laughs> drop bum. <laughs> So then how did we go from women who were on that 
constant yo-yo of eating and exercising and eating and exercising and and never sticking to anything and and you know going for long periods of time not doing any movement whatsoever how do we go from those women to women who work out on the reg well i think that there are lots of little steps along the way but one of the one of the crystallizing moments for me was reading atomic habits yes and you know what? I remember you telling me about Atomic Habits and I totally just, you was like, oh yeah, that's, that sounds awesome. Yeah, I'll definitely yeah. read that. Oh, great. Pop psychology. Woo. <laughs> and then I forgot about it for like three months. And then we were having a conversation about exercise, actually a text conversation. And you were like, yeah, yeah. Like there's this amazing quote from that book I was telling you about called Atomic Habits by James Clear. Here is the quote. I don't know how many more times I have to tell you to read this book. <laughs> And I was like, oh, maybe she's onto something. And uh, and I went and read it. And holy shit, you were onto something. Which quote was the one that, that it was, was it was about the kind systems. Of penny dropping. The systems. Uh, it's it's basically not our um, not our habits that fail us, but our systems. Absolutely. Which let's give this some context. So yes. James Clear has written a book <laughs> called Atomic Habits. It is not voodoo. It's it's not sort of in you know like. It's not that kind of self-helpy. No, no, no. He's vibe. a pretty he's a pretty hardcore research guy. Yeah, definitely evidence-based. He's he's talking yeah, yeah. human biology, psychology. Well, I think his background is in like biomechanical engineering or something. Yeah. But but he was very very focused on trying to understand habits because there's so many things that are outside of our control. But in theory, our habits are something that we do have some potential control over if we can learn how to harness them. Totally. And look, you and I have many habits that we do without even thinking about. And I was thinking deeply about this idea of habits and we will kind of flesh this out um, more in this chat. But one of the biggest things for me is we did have a habit about exercise. Mm. Our habit was that we never did it. Don't do it. (laughs) (laughs) That was our habit. And so we then had to... The habit was not to do exercise. Yes, that was absolutely... And and very comfortable. And any time that we tried to uh, overturn how our mind might feel about exercise and get the motivation going or whatever... we'd set ourselves a massive goal. And then we would sink back into the habit of not exercising. Yay. So, Sarah, how do you change the habit of not exercising into the habit of exercising? I think the key is by starting small. Yes. So don't don't tell yourself that I'm going to start this new habit. I'm going to get up every day and I'm going to do 45 minutes of exercise because if you haven't been doing 45 minutes of exercise, then just saying it is not going to make it happen. So you need to start tiny. So what was the first step? to building that exercise habit for you? So, um, yeah, the first step for me was, and one of the big things that I loved about, um, loved in this book, the big takeaway for me was um, to make your habit something that you can do in less than two minutes. And I remember thinking, two minutes? You can't exercise effectively in two minutes. That's ridiculous. I wouldn't get anywhere near as much uh, movement in my life as I would need. Um, So I dug a little deeper and decided that my habit wasn't going to be exercising daily. My habit was going to be getting dressed into my exercise clothes in the morning, first thing I do when I wake up. That is something I can do in less than two minutes. So I would, every night before bed, I packed my clothes up next to the door, bedroom door, ready to go. I would get up in the morning, first thing I did, would pick up my clothes, head to the bathroom, get dressed, and then I would be dressed in my exercise gear. And then what happens next is basically momentum. You basically go, well, I'm already dressed. dressed. I may as well do something. Already wearing active wear. Yeah, that's it. I may as well 
get the most active. I don't know where the thought's going. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, and so basically I was like, cool, I've, I'm I'm dressed. And, and I, I honestly didn't think it would work. I honestly thought this is bullshit. I'm not, like, whatever. I'm just going to get dressed in activewear and then go lie on the couch for an hour and, you know, scroll the gram. And sometimes That's actually kind of <laughs> sometimes I did do that. in terms of habit forming, I think that's okay. Yeah, but, and, and I actually went through a phase of for like a hundred days in a row, I exercised every single day. And Woo-hoo. look, some of those days were, you know, 10, 15 minutes of light yoga. It wasn't anything huge. Other days when I had a bit more energy, it was it was genuinely like a 45-minute hit session. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes I actually just picked up the keys and walked out the door and went for a run. Uh, but it only started because I got out of bed and in less than two minutes... I stuck to my daily habit, which was putting those clothes on. You had a slightly different thing for me. <laughs> I did. I think it's it's testament to me being intrinsically more lazy than you. <laughs> I would go to bed in said gym clothes. Yes. And also, like, I started this whole process in winter. Mm-hmm. So, you know, gym clothes, they're pretty warm. Yep. Extra toasty, layers. Yeah. Toasty. So that I literally could get straight out of bed. And my goal was to get on the yoga mat. Okay. So that's something you can do in two minutes. Yeah. Like literally get up, yeah. walk to the that's yoga it. mat, get on be it. Be dressed, be ready, get on the yoga mat. Yeah. And so long as I did that every day, essentially, once I was on the yoga mat, I was like, okay, well, I'm here. Let's have a crack. Yeah. And Sometimes you did. I do a 10-minute yoga session. Sometimes I do a 45-minute yoga session. I still remember the day that you messaged me and said, I just did a handstand. I know. <laughs> I was like, fuck, woman, it's 7 o'clock in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but it's that process of getting on the mat, just getting started. And I think that for me it was, yeah, it was building, build the habit, optimise the habit later. Yes. So don't worry if you are not fit enough to do exercise yet. Just get into the habit of starting the process. Mm. And and then, like, really give yourself a pat on the back for doing something. Mm. Because two minutes is better than zero minutes. Totally. And it's if you can stick to that habit, if that habit is sustainable, if it's something that you can do every day or close to every day and it doesn't uh, take too much time or effort or, or basically any, any if it, it doesn't take you away from your uh, current lifestyle, you will sustain it. If you choose something that is too difficult, you absolutely will not. So if you join a gym that is too far out of the way to get to, mm-hmm. that makes you feel uncomfortable when you get there, is full of the most amazing looking people, you're probably not going to go to the gym. If you sign yourself up for a boot camp that's at six o'clock every morning, but you are not a morning person, you're probably not going to go to that boot camp. Or you might for the 12 or six oh, or 12 I'll weeks, go. I'll but go then you will never go again. And yeah. then I won't go again yeah. for another two years. Yes, yes. It, it's basically about making a habit fit into your life and making it something that you will actually do. And another thing that I did, uh, that, which I can highly recommend, is, you know, um, when I kind of really got into the habit of just getting up, putting on the exercise gear and then walking out into the lounge room, sometimes I would just sit on the couch and scroll Instagram, read the news, read my book, make a coffee. I would just sort of sit there and like, so I kind of reward myself for doing the habit of getting into my exercise gear. And then I was in kind of like a mentally kind of a happy place. And and then I rewarded myself by doing something kind of lovely. And then I was like, cool. Yeah. I'm actually in a bit of a vibe for, for some exercise. Yeah. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling ready. 
I'm caffeinated. I'm wearing the right outfit. <laughs> May as well just give it a Let's crack. Let's have a crack. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing where I think one of the things that I took away from the book was that habits cast a vote for you to become the sort of person that you want to be. Yes. I love the casting the vote analogy. I love oh. it. I love it because I would never have thought of myself as a runner. I definitely didn't think of myself as a yogi because that's a very special type of person. Oh, and you have to have a yoga body for that, yeah. Exactly. Mm. But the reality is that if you do one push-up, that casts a vote for you being the sort of person that works out. Mm. If you do one downward dog, that casts a vote for you being the sort of person that does yoga. And casting that vote, I think, really helps in resetting your identity. Absolutely. So so if you haven't identified as a sporty person because of all of the reasons that we've already discussed, then it's up to you to start to cast that vote for yourself. Yes. And and, and on that that note, one of the quotes that I love is a couple of them. Um, You become your habits Mm -hmm. is quite, you know, profound for me because I think for you and I for a long time, if our habit was not exercising... We became the habit of not fit women who didn't have much strength, who certainly didn't have cardiovascular fitness, mm-hmm. who wouldn't, you know, walk the stairs. They'd definitely take the lift or the escalator. Um, we became our habit, effectively. Um, and also the other one is you get what you repeat. Yes. I, I love, love that. that. It's so simple. It is so simple, but it's so true. If you repeat being the woman that takes the stairs at the train station instead of the woman that takes the escalator at the train station... You are already fitter than you used to be. Yes, but if you don't make any changes and you continue to be the woman who takes the escalator... You're going to be the same person five years from now that you are today. Yes. So which one do you want to be? Which vote do you want to cast for yourself? You can absolutely make that change. Vote one, Gab. <laughs> vote one, Sarah. Thank you very much, Dr. Cavanaugh. But yeah, I think the the, yeah, the biggest thing... Um, there's so, so many takeaways in this book. Yep. Like, I yeah, can't even begin to kind of get through it all. We, we absolutely highly recommend it. Um, but if you do nothing else, just think of one tiny thing that you can start tomorrow that you could easily fit into your life that you could see yourself possibly being able to do every single day. And keep that habit going. Don't break the chain. Mm. Because remember, the habit is not to do a 45-minute run. The habit is to get up and get ready to exercise. Or whatever time of day or you plan to do it. Put, but yeah, put your shoes on or whatever. Yep. Like figure out the figure out the, the tiny little hack, the two-minute hack, whatever it is, figure that out and just do that. The do rest that will consistently. follow. The rest will follow. I promise. I promise. Yeah, Cross my heart. Absolutely. We, like, we fucking did it. Woo! <laughs> so... There is, I guess, no point in us making a fitness podcast unless we want to help other women find better ways to exercise and and to grow their fitness, which is kind of the whole reason why you and I got into this in the first place. Well, that's right. And it's it's not because we're geniuses at this and it's not because we are naturally fit and amazing women. Well, we are. You're naturally amazing, obviously. But (laughs) I'll take amazing. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Um, (laughs) No, but look, we we really feel like we've stumbled upon some secrets that would have helped us if we'd have found them earlier. Oh, and totally. so we just want to share these with you. And we also want to um, to keep finding out new little nuggets of gold. And so if there are particular problems that you guys are having, if there are particular issues that you find are getting in your way of striking up a regular exercise habit, 
let us know. And we have a very special little something to play for you right now. This is uh, from someone in our Women Like You community. Kelly is an amazing woman. She has been working in childhood education. She's been working with the Cerebral Palsy League. She is working in disabilities. She works long hours. She's an absolute superstar. But I think she has reached out to us and said that she's found it really hard to work regular exercise into her already very physical, very demanding life. I feel that every week I'm starting again and again when it comes to exercise. To me, exercise just feels like a chore. I have a very physical job um, and I do a lot of shift work. I just can't seem to find what I like doing and I really just can't lose that mindset that, you know, I just, I'm only doing exercise to lose weight. So, Kelly, firstly, thank you. Um, Amazing for you to share that with us and everything that you've said is something that I connect to, you know, personally as well. 100%. And Kel and I have had many a discussion about this over the years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, there's a few things that that are specific to Kelly's experience. You know, the the very physical job and the shift work, that's obviously, um, you know, not something that necessarily all of us have. Um, However, there's a few things that you've mentioned, Kel, that many of us share. So some things that really jump out to me, um, obviously the exercise to lose weight mentality. We've talked a lot about that today. Um, that exercise feels like a, sh- a chore. Holy shit. Yes. Like just, yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Um, a hundred times. Yes. Feeling exhausted before and after work. So not having any motivation to do something hard or unpleasant. Um, can't seem to find something enjoyable because let's be honest, most of it isn't fun. A lot of it is not fun. <laughs> Those things, Kel, I think are things that um, we can all relate to. The whole thing is overwhelming. Mm. And sometimes when you feel overwhelmed and you're already exhausted, you just don't know where to begin. Yes, and you certainly don't have the energy or the time to overhaul your whole life and become somebody who does a 45-minute hit session or a 45-minute run every day. That that sounds awful, <laughs> awful and hideous, and you're absolutely not going to do it. The problem is what often happens is we try to do too much too fast uh, because we're the, the only reason we're doing it is for weight loss. We don't see those results. We give up. But then we feel awful about ourselves. And so then it just becomes this so basically vicious cycle. Self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm. Yeah. Self-perpetuating vicious cycle. So our advice, Kel, and, you know, there's, there's some stuff um, that you might take away as well if, if you relate to Kelly's story, um, is to build a sustainable habit that is small but achievable. Absolutely. And I think the hardest thing for a lot of us to do is to separate the concept of losing weight from the concept of exercise. And look, there is nothing wrong with having a desire to lose some weight because you want to avoid chronic health conditions that might be in your family. I made a big effort to lose some weight last year because there's a family history of diabetes and heart disease in in my immediate family. Mm. So I knew that that was something that I needed to do. And I knew that exercise was probably a part of that. But I don't want anyone out there just to to try and hammer themselves with exercise with a view to lose weight because, A, it's not the best way to lose weight and, B, I think you're really muddying the waters of how exercise can fit into your life in a much more kind of plausible and and realistic way. Mm, Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, if you're only only exercising to lose weight and you don't see those results, you you won't keep exercising. Only exercising to lose weight, you won't see those results. That's the reality. Exercise is so brilliant for your health for a thousand other reasons, and it will help with weight loss, but it's definitely not the 
it's not the reason to exercise. Yes. So, so yeah, first and, first and foremost, Cal, build a sustainable habit that is small but achievable. Um, so, you know, this idea that you can shift your, shift your mindset away from weight loss, basically think of something that you can do every day. And look, it doesn't have to be at the same time every day. Obviously, shift work is an absolute pain in the ass for consistency in your life. So, you know, maybe it's something similar to what my habit or what Sarah's habit was, is first thing you do when you get up is you get into your exercise gear or, you know, you go to sleep in your exercise gear the night before. And no matter what time you get up, because your shifts are all over the place, the first thing that you might do is get into those clothes, make yourself a coffee and do a walk around the block. You know, whatever, just make it something really easy, really simple. Take the coffee with you around the block. Hell, you know, whatever. Just, just, just find something really simple, really easy that you can do first thing when you get up in the morning. Maybe it's better for you if you do it before you go to bed at night. However, that works. Something for you. that I tell a lot of patients when they're not sure when to do something because they work shift work or they're just really trying desperately hard to incorporate new habits in, is to stack it on something that you already do. And the one thing that always comes to mind is brushing your teeth. Oh, that's a good one. So. You know, like you will, regardless of what sort of shift work you're doing, you will always find time to brush your teeth. That's going to take you two minutes. Add two minutes of exercise onto the two minutes of brushing your teeth. So that's four minutes. So that's still achievable. Obviously, two minutes of exercise per day is not going to entirely change your, in, you know, your whole life, but it's going to start the process. And two minutes is achievable. Yes. Two minutes. Wow, that's huge. That's awesome. Like, just you, do two minutes. Yeah, it could be just as simple as... Just do two minutes. Yeah, get like you, if you're a shift worker, you probably will have coffee uh, as, just as a general kind of daily mm. habit. <laughs> so it might just be when you, you know, get up and you make your first coffee, you just stand in the middle of the lounge yep. room and do 10 squats. Yep. couple done. of minutes, done, boom, whatever. Knock that out every day for 30 days. Yes. My other piece of advice, I think, when you are starting out is, is reward. Mm. Reward yourself. Mm. That doesn't have to be with anything expensive. It doesn't have to be with food. It doesn't have to be with booze, but just find something that you find enjoyable and reward your activity with it. Yes. You know, it it could literally be as simple as having, you know, 10 minutes to yourself to to read the book that you've started or, you know, Mm. put on a TV show. Actually, that's a big one. A lot of people say exercising whilst list, like doing two things at once. If you are, yeah, distract you yourself do, yeah, from the process of exercising totally. by listening to a beautiful podcast. A podcast, women like you, women like you. You know, it's, it's just one know. that comes to mind. It's, it's, just an it's, option. it's award winning. Like, if you want to, whatever, like, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. just chuck it on and just give it a go. Give it a go, women like you. Um, yeah, do two things at once. Kill two birds with one stone. That especially helps for very busy women who have a lot of, you know, life, work, family commitments. Yeah, and um, give yourself a damn break. Mm. life's hard. Life is busy. If you find it really hard to do this shit, so does everyone. It's okay. Yeah. Don't beat yourself up. Don't beat yourself up. You're a bloody legend. We started a podcast based on this because women like you are feeling this way, (laughs) but we've been made to feel for so long that we're the worst. We're lazy. We're shit. We're not coping. We're not on top of all of the, you know, crazy busyness of life. No. Only so many balls you can juggle at once. Um, any kind of uh, any kind of uh, um, recommends for exercise for this week that you want to leave with? Um, I'm actually I'm actually going to try and get back into the yoga with Adrian calendar. Mm. That she- was actually something really phenomenal. Um, starting out in my hundred days mm-hmm. because in some of those days I did not feel like doing much, and 
um, weirdly, like I, I would do this thing where like I would do like one, like, so what we're talking about here is yoga with, yoga with Adrian. You can get it on YouTube. It's free. She does have an app that you can pay for, but, um, you know, in the very I've, beginning. Yeah, I've had a crack at the paid app and it does have pretty much the same content. So awesome. just. We, Jump into YouTube. Save yourself uh, yeah. ten bucks. Yeah, as a, as a starting point, um, highly recommend just doing one of her thirty days of yoga with Adrian. Um, you know, I remember starting out with some of this, and I would do like one or two yoga sessions a day. Oh, a day. One of them. <laughs> I just do twelve yoga sessions a day. <laughs> couple of. I'll resume my down face dog. Um, <laughs> couple of hit sessions and go for a four hour run. I would, you know, because I get bored very easily, I would mix it up across the week. When I felt like running, I would go for a run. When I felt like yoga, I would do yoga. When I felt like Pilates, I would do some Pilates. You know, all free shit off the internet as well. I downloaded the Nike Run Club app for running. I, you know, listened to their guided runs just to kind of keep me motivated. Coach Bennett. Coach Bennett's the best. Um, and so, yeah, I, I remember starting yo- yo- the, the 30 days of yoga, but my 30 days went for like three months basically because I spread it out. By then, you know, by the end of the 100 days, I was kind of just consistently edging more towards just doing yoga every day, which is also yeah. totally fine. Well, I started I started with the 30, 30 days, days of yoga yeah. and I did it in 30 days. Mm-hmm. The 30th day was after the night that you came over to my house for dinner after the lockdown rules were relaxed and you were actually allowed to have people over to your house. It was the first time I'd had a decent drink for months. Yeah. Oh, did we have champagne that night? I can't oh, remember. I we really may have had that. we may have had a glass or two. What did I cook for dessert? Oh, I want to say creme brulee. Was it creme brulee or was it those sticky date puddings? I feel like that was <gasps> early on in the piece. Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah, it yeah. was. Post, oh post, uh, post initial lockdown. Mm, yeah, side note, Gab is day. the best baker. <laughs> and And I welcome it. Bring that. Bring it on. <laughs> what have you baked for the end of this show? Oh, shit. Nothing. <laughs> um, but it was, yeah, it was the 30th, it was the 30th day and, uh, and it was the first time I'd, hang- I'd had a hangover in months and mm. I got halfway through that workout. <laughs> and it's the, the 30 the thirty day workout, the last one of the 30 days is long. Like it's an hour long, it's an hour long yoga sesh. I just had the sticky date putting sweats. <laughs> just going, oh, I'm go downward dog again. I'm gonna lose my lose my downward lunch. Um, but I got it done. Yeah. But since it. then, I've been doing kind of various stuff. But one of the things that I really enjoyed about doing that 30 days was that I didn't have to think about what the exercise yes. was. So sort it of took, like when it, you don't have to think about dinner. It's, yeah. if it's just you've got a meal plan situation. That's it. You've got a meal plan coming or you've got, you know, getting dinner delivered. Essentially, yeah. I had a workout delivered into my inbox and I just did that yeah. to the best of my ability. Like I was not very strong. I didn't have great core strength and I had no upper body strength. So, you know, you were doing a modified version of a lot of stuff, which is fine. Mm, we don't look anything like Adrian when we do yoga, but no. who cares? We did the yoga. She's phenomenal. She is She's phenomenal. great. Yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. That's our takeaway for this week. Um, if you try nothing else, give a bit of yoga a crack and, uh, yeah, can't recommend the 30 days with yogurt. <laughs> 30, 30 days with yogurt. <laughs> 30 days with yogurt. What am I, Terry from Brooklyn Nine-Nine? <laughs> Nine-Nine! Um, Nine-Nine! I can't recommend enough... Yoga with Adrian, thirty days of yoga. It's on YouTube. She's got a couple of different versions. Of oh the yeah, there's days. a there's a there's a ton of versions mm. because she she knocks one out every January. Yeah, and yeah, it's great. Yeah, definitely give it a go. It's a it's a really good place to start. And and eat the pudding. Oh, definitely always eat the, eat the pudding. I feel like I need to go make sticky date pudding now. Actually, yes, <laughs> it's a really great recipe. 
The Women Like You podcast is produced by me, Gab Burke, and music is by Hamish Camilleri. Thank you for stopping by. Make sure you like, follow, and share with a kick-ass woman in your life. You can get in touch with us on Instagram at Women Like You Podcast. We would love to hear your experiences with exercise and getting fit. Yes, I'm Drop Bum. I'm Band-Aids. We are going to catch you next episode where we'll talk about why it's not you that's lazy, it's exercise that's really the problem. Beautiful stuff. Are we going to talk about that next episode? Sure, why not? No, I just put that there. Yeah. <laughs> Shall we call You're it? the producer. <laughs> You're the doctor. I'm, right? me- <laughs> I'm, I'm following your lead here. Quiet. Thank you. That's episode done. I love you. I love you too. Bye. Bye.